Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, hello, and thanks so much for listening. It's great to be back after taking a break this summer. It was great for me to take some time to plan for the future, and I'm excited for all the topics we'll discuss and all the ladies that we're going to get to hear from. Today, our topic is evangelism, and evangelism is simply sharing the good news of the gospel with others. It's telling them that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into the world to die on the cross to take the punishment for our sins and reconcile us to God. It's a free gift he offers to all. It's truly the best news. But if you're like me, simply hearing the word evangelism can evoke a lot of feelings, maybe feelings of nervousness, inadequacy, or even guilt. As Christians, we know we've been given the Great Commission. We've been told to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. But we probably feel like maybe we're not doing the best job or we're confused about how to do that personally. So today, we're going to hear from some ladies who can encourage us. I know that none of them would claim to be experts or perfect in this area, but they all love the gospel and they love sharing it with others. So I'm excited to hear from them. So can each of you introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about yourself? My name is Madeline Manili, and um, I moved to Knoxville to go to school at UT, and um, that's how I got connected with Cornerstone and with VFC, um, and very much just my life in Knoxville has become my life within this church and friends and community I've made within the church. Um, I'm in this really sweet season in life. I'm 26. I feel like I'm just kind of in a sweet season. I just finished working with VFC for three years, which was the most beautiful and most difficult things I think I've ever done, but will always consider it one of the greatest privileges of my life uh, to be able to serve with VFC. So um, now I'm working full-time as a health coach and getting out to the mountains as much as I can. <laughs> Great. And just to clarify, VFC is Volunteers for Christ, our yes. campus ministry. So there you go. Um, yeah, she's been she's spent three years sharing the gospel, basically. So, all right, Maria, you too. But share about yourself. Uh, my name's Maria Williams, and I'm married to Drew Williams, who is right now an intern with Volunteers for Christ. And I was also on staff with Volunteers for Christ for four years. Um, and I have a baby boy now, so I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I've been at Cornerstone for 10 years, um, and this is how I became a Christian and met Drew, and I've been, it's become my life too. And I also work for a nonprofit um, serving Latino families in Tennessee. Well, I'm Honey Smith, and um, I'm a wife and mom to four kids, one grown kid and four juniors in high school. And... Um, I came to Christ through um, through Volunteers for Christ, our campus ministry, back in 1989, and I've been at this church since then. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, hey, I'm Elizabeth Pluniak, and I'm Mike Pluniak's wife, and I'm also a homemaker, and I love our church, and just thank God for it, and I, I came to our church when I was 16, so I'm 40 now. You do the math. <laughs> Well, I wanted to start with just uh, motivation. So what motivates you to share the gospel with others? Are there any scriptures that particularly encourage you? Maddie, you can start. So what 
totally changed for me in getting involved in BFC when I was in college is, I think it was the first time I was maybe around um, people who loved and celebrated the gospel, where they wanted to share the gospel. And so that's what changed everything for me in terms of sharing the gospel, was learning to love it myself first. Um, And anyone who's asked me about this, I always use this example, but I would think the way I used to think about evangelism was like selling vacuums door to door. You know, it's like, (laughs) I don't want to sell this. You don't want to buy this. Here we are because I have to. And what changed for me was learning to love and celebrate the gospel in my Mm -hmm. own life where, you know, the natural, you know, it's a natural motivator because it just overflows out of a heart that's joyful and excited and grateful and Um, you know, I am so pumped about how the Lord has worked in my life in a way that I never even kind of knew to be before. Um, and so it just kind of came as a natural overflow. But what I would say, um, feasting on the gospel in my own soul and protecting that, the celebrating of the gospel in my own heart first, um, and some scriptures that are really motivating to me in that, um, is... John six thirty seven. This is just general motivation for sharing the gospel. Actually, what I would say first is the two maybe resources that helped me to celebrate the gospel outside of God's word is a gospel primer for Christians. So helpful. Somebody gave me that book my freshman year of college, and it has motivated my love and understanding the gospel more than anything else. And then The Cross-Centered Life by C.J. Mahaney. I didn't actually read that until like my second year into the internship with BFC. But I remember reading it and thinking, oh, this is just what everybody does around me. You know, Mm -hmm. loving and celebrating and rehearsing the gospel. Um, So um, motivating scriptures, John 6, 37, all that the Father gives to me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Um, Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, there's just this effectiveness mm-hmm. in anyone who's the Lord's is going to be saved. Um, that's really motivating to go and, and share. What about you, Maria? What motivates me the most is when I think um, back on my own life and I was lost and I didn't really have any hope and somebody came and shared the gospel with me and my life changed forever because of that. So I was dead and now I'm alive and I have the best life and I know God personally. So Mm. I just think a lot of times I want other people to know God. And um, the scripture that helps me that is um, Romans 10, 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? So we just have the privilege to go tell people um, about the gospel, and God chooses to use us. He doesn't need us, but we get to do it. Um, and then I also have Second Corinthians 5.20 saying, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So just thinking that God allows us to take a part in what he's doing and reconciling the world to himself is motivating. So good. Um, I agree with both what you said, um, just being aware of how God has saved us and where we came from. And then I think talking with other people who, um, 
and asking them about their experience and how they came to Christ, you know, motivates us to see that there's nobody beyond his reach. And, you know, you can read books and hear testimonies of of people who've come to Christ, and it's really really encouraging. Um, I liked this uh, verse out of Luke 14. It says, the master says to basically go into the streets and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. So just like you said, this awareness that we're part of his story, that our life is not our own, that we've been bought with a price, and we're called, you know, commanded, really commanded by Christ to go and and fulfill the Great Commission. Um, Yeah, what motivates me to share the gospel? I was thinking on this for a while, and um, I think it's just the Holy Spirit, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. So... I love people. I just love people. I love meeting new people, and I love my kids around my table, and just people. And I think that when I back that up, it's really the Holy Spirit that loves people. And um, and I, I really think that God saw me as a, a selfish girl, and I, I believe that too. I see just a selfishness in my heart and in my like sin package, self-centered, self-love, self-worship, and just in his mercy to show his power. He's like, to the degree that she loves herself, I'm going to cause her to love me and others, you know? And and then we get to reap the joy of like loving God and others, um, which is so much more freeing and joyful than loving ourselves. And the verse I thought about was, also, like Maria in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians five fourteen and fifteen says, "For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this: that one has died for all; therefore, all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who, for their sake, died and was raised." And just the freedom and joy of not living for myself anymore, but for others. And that they would come to know this Savior and be set free from themselves. That motivates me. (laughs) That's great. I love that all of you just shared. I loved your analogy of the the door-to-door salesman. That's not what it is. But it's it's your own heart being full of this and then it's spilling out of you. And I love that that's really essentially what all of you shared. It's the work of God in your life that motivates you. Um, so let's get practical and um, just share what evangelism has looked like for you. It could be recent. It could be over the years. Um, practicals, specific examples. You, you can just share whatever you'd like. Well, after I got saved, I just remember thinking, I got to find other people who know the Lord. And I would ask people all the time, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? And just get so excited that I can meet someone else who knew him too. Cause I was like, we have this experience together. This is special. And, um, I think through just asking others, are you a Christian? I began to run into different answers, you know? And, um, and, and then I think going back to being filled with the Holy spirit was like, it grieved the Holy spirit when I would have friends or relationships with people who didn't know the Lord It just grieved my heart. You know, I wanted for them to know him. And many years, honestly, I just felt this grieving sense, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I didn't know how to 
tell people about him. And I would just pray for them like fervently. I have memories of being like middle school, high school, early in my room, crying, praying fervently for people. And I just didn't know how to make that, you know, jump to sharing the gospel with them and leading them to the Lord. Um, but um, actually came to Vision Quest and learned about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, in the scriptures in Acts, um, it talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit and that empowering evangelism. And so I prayed to be filled with the Spirit because I had a major trial in my life. My best friend died tragically in a car accident when I was 16. And I was praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit like for comfort because he was the comforter. And then the fruit of it, and it was dramatic, um, was empowering for evangelism. So I literally went back to my high school after that spring break trip, and I was just sharing the gospel with people. So I don't know if it's just so comforted, you know, so comforted by the Spirit. I was like, I got to tell people. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, I told my daughter about this today, but the very first person I shared the gospel with, I was driving to school. I got a pack of gum at Weigel's, and I prayed, Lord, whoever I give a piece of gum to today, I want to share the gospel with them. Help me. And I remember going this backtrack at my high school, and there was a little crew of smokers that kind of hid out back there. And I walked past them, and then I was like, the gum. And so I grabbed the gum, and I turned around, and I was like, hi, would anyone like a piece of gum? And just share the gum with someone, and they're like, yeah, I'll have one, I'll have one. And then I was like, I just prayed this morning, whoever I shared the gum with, that I would also get to tell about my faith. Do you guys care if I tell you about Jesus? And uh, this is a good story, guys. So they're like, okay. And so I shared the gospel with them. You know, I said, you guys are creating God's image and our sins separate us from him, but Christ died for your sins. And you can know him by repenting and believing. And it was just real simple. And I was like, thanks for letting me tell you. Walked off to class. Well, I'm telling you, five years later, I was at Shoney's Breakfast Bar at midnight, and this stranger from across the room came to me and said, hey, do you remember me? And I didn't recognize this person. And she said, one day after or during school, you shared a piece of gum with me and told me about Christ. She said, I became a Christian. What? My whole life was changed. I'm telling my daughter about Christ now. And it just affected me so much. And I just began to see the power of the gospel message and not the messenger, but the message to change lives. And, you know, the Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And so that was a beginning start for me. And the more I saw the power to change, the more I wanted to just share it with people and um, progressively forget about myself and how well I did it or smooth and um, so nowadays, I literally kind of just do it like that, and um, I, I have forsaken smoothness altogether, <laughs> so I like to just be super honest and just tell people, hey, even if it's awkward, like, I feel awkward right now, you know, you can say that, like, this is awkward to me, but I just have been thinking about you, and I've had this on my heart, could I share my faith with you, you know, that's an easy intro, and and that's how I do it. You know, I, I do it with friends. I do it with neighbors. I talk to my kids all the time about the Lord, obviously. Um, family members. I've seen my dad come to know Christ over the last couple of years, which is amazing. Um, strangers. I love meeting strangers and sharing the gospel. That's so good. 
Um, well, I think for me, it's looked like different things in different seasons. So when I was, you know, a college student or a young single, I was an in, I was an intern before there was an intern thing. <laughs> so you guys have got this real organized now. But back then, we were just like pounding the pavement looking for money, trying to make it work. Um, so that's what it looked like, or it looked like doing things like Alpha, which is out, was an outreach, just to kind of introduce people to the Christian faith um, through the church. But then, you know, as you get married and you have children, it looks different. It looks like I'm going to the grocery store and I see this person and I start talking to them. It looks like just encountering people in your daily life and and being mindful of them and that they're you know, precious to God and that he wants to reach out to them and he wants to make an, you know, like that verse says, he wants to, he's making his appeal through you and just to kind of be, be mindful of people. Um, yeah, so I guess I, because I came through Christ, I came to know God through VFC it was just really easy, you know. You, I was part of an evangelistic ministry, and then I worked for VFC, so that was, um, you know, we were just out sharing the gospel with everyone, and I think that gave me a lot of uh, boldness and taught me how to share the gospel and um, motivation and for lifelong sharing the gospel. And now Drew's an intern, so I always get to hear more stories. And then last year, we had an intern live in our basement, and she would bring girls, so sometimes we'd have breakfast. And I remember one of the girls, you just ask them, how was VFC on Thursday? And then the next thing, she was like, I didn't understand. Why did Jesus have to die? Why not another way? And so it was just an easy way to start talking about what we believe. So one practical thing could be to just get to know the college students that are coming to our church and the interns inviting people into the home. And so that's been really encouraging for me for the past 10 years. And then um, we also got a dog last year and we gotten to know almost all our neighbors because we go on walks with our dog a lot of nights and I feel like we know every neighbor and their dog and every time we walk we get to see the neighbor and we say how's your mom or can we all hear there's a new puppy in the neighborhood let's go visit him but that's also like a way for them to get to know them and like find out who's new and meet the neighbors and stuff so I think getting a dog has helped us to get to know people and going to the park is easy to just meet people because I have a new baby it's just finding something that draws people Mm -hmm. to yourself and a lot of times it's been our dog Emmett or our new baby Theodore and then I guess this because of the pandemic, it's been just a little bit harder. And I remember Elizabeth saying this past summer, like, I want to go share the gospel out in the parks. And so I think because of the pandemic and everyone was being home, I just thought, I want to go share the gospel because we haven't seen anyone. VFC students are home. And so we started doing cultured evangelism at the parks and just trying to meet people and um, share the gospel where we can. So I think 
being with Elizabeth has motivated me to go out and share with others when I'm scared to go. Like, I would not want to go by myself. But when it's a few of us going and we come back and tell stories of how I went, then those things are very practical for me that I'm not doing by myself. I want to know more about this. Um, so you're in a park and it's, it's cold turkey. You don't have a relationship. So how do you start the conversation and share the gospel yeah. To so, a complete stranger. Elizabeth, she, you, like you said, you just walk up to them and say, hey, um, we're, can I share my faith with you? And a lot of times we, like, I just walk up to somebody and say, we're going around and wanted to share the gospel and our faith with people. And then, but sometimes I just say, I can I invite you to church because... You know, I think it's easy to think that evangelism is just like me sharing the gospel with one person. But I think if I can, I pray a lot. If I can bring them to church, I know they'll hear the gospel. They'll hear the songs singing about the gospel. They'll get to see us love one another, the gospel manifested. And so sometimes it's just as easy as... um, I'm scared to tell you my faith, but can I invite you to church? (laughs) And then I know other people. (laughs) Hopefully I'll get your number, and then down the road I can share the gospel. But a lot of times I think I might never see them again, so I want to share the gospel with them right now. (laughs) But I always pray for (laughs) times for people who want to come to church. Speaking of that, um, I remember just making use of our church family, Mm -hmm. um, even individuals in the church. When I was not as confident in personally sharing the gospel with someone, sometimes I would bring them with me and introduce them to a more mature believer at church and just say like, hey friend, um, I would love you to meet my care group leader or my care group leader's wife or this more mature believer, you know, and um, it has, that was great too. I had a lot of great experiences with that. Um, where in areas or or maybe I've tried to share with someone and it's just not they're not getting it and I'm not doing well you know and I'm thinking I know somebody else I think who could really minister to this person and so I had a several of those connections early on and and people came to know the Lord um, through them coming to church with me and then saying let me introduce you to this person and and then kind of tell the person this is what we've been talking about what do you think about that and you know Mm -hmm. getting this more mature believers kind of thoughts and words that would kind of continue our conversation. So I can think like Elizabeth, I'm just like, I love people. And so I can think about like high school evangelism. Like I had a heart where it's just like, who's sitting alone at lunch? I'm going to go sit with them and just try to be their friend. But in my mind, like loving people and being kind was equivalent to evangelism or like I wouldn't have said evangelism I just wouldn't have even used that word I would have just said sharing my faith or like spreading the love of God which I think is sweet but the gospel is a message you know of salvation what you so eloquently shared at the beginning Bethany and um so I think what was really sweet about evangelism in college was learning like what the message of the gospel is. Obviously, I knew enough to receive and be saved and love the Lord myself, but to be able to communicate, like, really simply and clearly, like, 
who is God, who are people in light of God's holiness, we're sinful, who is Christ, and why is he relevant in this situation, and what should our response be? You know, just even kind of just some practical like things for the content of the gospel to be communicated. And like Maria said, I was in a context that made sense. I can invite my friends to BFC on Thursday. Also college, college students listening, that it's such a valuable time. It's such a unique space because people are, it's cool to think philosophically and it's cool to talk about things like faith. And it's just very different out of school. Um, but I thought of like three practical things just of like what it's looked like for evangelism in my life, like how it's helped me to kind of actually have evangelism be a part of my life. Um, and I think one is kind of, is really along with what you said, Elizabeth, but just like speaking plainly about things, like just jump right in, you know, or like, I mean, I can even think of conversations that I've had that have been like, I know it sounds crazy, but I really believe this stuff, you know, and just kind of like, let me just go ahead and speak into what you're probably thinking. Um, so just speaking really plainly and directly about things, praying for a fork in the road moments, and then praying for faith to, and boldness to actually take that fork in the road when the Lord provides that opportunity. So, and y'all are all nodding your heads and I'm like, you know what I'm talking about where someone, you know, a coworker, a friend, a neighbor, a whoever, you know, could say something where you can either like take the left and just keep it shallow, or you can take the right turn and ask the question that like, might be like really personal or kind of awkward or something direct like about faith. Um, but to, to pray for those, look for them and then ask God for help, um, to follow him on that fork in the road. Um, and then the third thing that's just kind of been practical in my life is I listened to when David Platt was the pastor of the church of Brook Hills, he did this message series called threads and it was all about weaving threads of the gospel into your everyday life and conversations. And I think now that's more kind of the context that I'm in when I think about my coworkers. And even when I think about like, I'm a health coach, so I have conversations with people all the time. What does it look like for me to weave threads of the gospel in those conversations? Talk about our bodies as created things. I talk about us as, you know, whole people. We're not just body, but we're, you know, mind, soul, spirit, and just trying to as much as I can, um, you know, do those kinds of things, um, create, introduce biblical categories in conversation. Um, and then especially with coworkers, just trying to weave those threads in. Um, and I think that's what evangelism as life has kind of come to look like more, um, where, you know, in the, in the crock pot stage of life, college ministry is a microwave. Things are happening very quickly. Growth is happening very quickly. And then you get out and it's like, all right, slowing things down. You know, it, it can feel that way with relationships. So that's kind of what it looks like now, but those are things that have helped me. I had two things come to mind about what you said. One, there's a, a book called Honest Evangelism by Rico Tice, and he talks about crossing the pain line. Mm -hmm. And um, kind of like you're saying, that fork in the road moment, and he refers to it as crossing the pain line. And he's like, every person who's ever shared the gospel knows that there is a pain line to cross. And, and it's really like my reputation, letting it go in this moment and telling you something that's foolishness to those who are perishing, you know? And so, so being willing, like, here I go, Lord, I'm being vulnerable. I'm going to cross the pain line with this person out of love for them and humility and service to you. Um, and then, and then it's, the second thing I thought when you were talking was I, I read Bob Coughlin's book, Worship, True Worshippers or something. And um, 
And he referred to evangelism as worshiping God around lost people. And like you mentioned, the crockpot time in life and just weaving in gospel conversations in life. And I, and I thought about that quote from Bob, worshiping God among lost people. And, you know, we can do that as Christians, mm-hmm. like just making known like our, our love for the Lord just in the midst of life at the grocery store even, you know, um, and, and that's planting seeds of evangelism. Okay, so you, you, you talked about the crock pot, Maddie. And so that's what I want to talk about next is just evangelism that is for the long haul, like with your extended family or your kids, neighbors or coworkers, people you know you're going to be in relationship for a long time and maybe you have shared and there wasn't a response and you know it's just it can be particularly discouraging or you're just not sure like what's the next step. So yeah, if you guys can talk about evangelism over the long haul. Yeah, so um I have a, one of my dearest friends um, who has recently kind of turned away from the faith. Um, and um, we've been friends for over 10 years, kind of grew a lot in the Lord together in high school. I know this language is kind of confusing, but, you know, she is someone when I think about evangelism over the long haul that, you know, I haven't had as much long haul time in my life yet. I feel like I'm kind of at the beginning of that. Um, and I think some of the things that the Lord is just really sweetly leading me through this time. It's really just kind of been about a year that we've we've kind of walked through this new season of friendship with her not as a believer um, and me kind of trying to figure out, okay, how do I do this? And um, just a couple of my thoughts on this question kind of come from this situation. Um, and so kind of the, the posture that I have thinking long haul is, and what I've communicated to her is, um, you know, Nothing, as far as my love for you, has changed. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm ready to buckle up for the long haul of friendship, learn how to love you in a new season. Um, And also, in my own life, like, the Lord has not changed. And trying to communicate that, the, the, the unchanging nature of the Lord. And I think this is a unique situation, but, you know, even in the case of someone who's a friend or family member who's not a believer, for them to see over the long haul, your faithfulness to the Lord and God's faithfulness to you over the years um, is going to prove because God is not going to stop being faithful. God is not going to stop being true um, no matter how many times he is rejected. Um, And so I think um, in that protecting my own faith, which goes back to what I said earlier about motivation for the gospel. We have to love the gospel ourselves. What, What this has been for me is, I've, I've had to work through a lot of doubts that have come up through this. And um, many members of our church have helped me through this um, really like dark, hard season. So I'm kind of now putting, just thinking about Ephesians, what is that, Ephesians 6 in a different way, putting on the helmet of truth um, and, um, and just thinking I need to guard my own heart and my own faith, my own relationship with the Lord if I'm going to have the stamina for the long haul friendship. Um, and so I think something kind of, again, practical in that with this sweet sister of mine is like learning to ask questions. Um, I think, um, you know, being able to first, like, I don't want to skip over you and who you are and your questions and your life and your hurt and your pain to try to just keep speaking this message at you. But I want to ask good questions to listen to you, understand what 
you know, what are your questions? What's led to this? I mean, we spent four hours on the phone talking through the, you know, dissolving of her faith. And that, you know, um, was, was big, I think, because then the gospel can be applied, not just slapping it on you, but like applying it like a surgeon, you know, coming into little ways, making little cuts. And so, um, that's, that's some of the things that I'm learning right now for long haul, but I know God is faithful and will continue to be faithful. Yeah, I think when I first became a Christian, I was like this militant person, like I have to share the gospel and I'm going to like shove it down your throat. And I did that a lot with my family. And I remember getting in fights with my sisters um, because I was just like trying to tell them out of, you know, love for them. And well, you have to know your family because with my sisters, if we get in a fight, it's totally okay. Like we can say offensive things. They'll block my number even. And then two days later, we're back to talking to each other. So it's okay with Drew's family. It would never work. Like we've learned that it's going to be a long time. Like with his siblings, we're just trying to love them and ask questions or encourage them. But so with my family, I'll just, we like last week, I think I asked, or two weeks ago, I asked my mom, what do you think the blood of Jesus Christ was for? And we talk about that, you know, and then with my sister, I remember back when I was like really angry and trying to like force her to believe this. I remember sharing the gospel with her and telling her and I told her like, I'm going to pray that you come to know God. Like I really want that. And that was when I first became a Christian. So 10 years ago and then two years ago. uh, So eight years later, she called me and she told me, do you remember when you prayed that I would come to know God? And I said, yes, I have it written in my journal. I pulled it out the sheet. I sent her a picture. And she said, I think God answered your prayer. So she had met somebody at a church where she lives in Cookville who invited her to church and started meeting up to read the Bible with her. And since then, she got baptized. She's now a member of that church and stuff. So all through the years, you know, I was just like so like intensely like wanting to force this down through them. And it's 10 years later and we're still having conversations about that with my Mm -hmm. mom I hope with my other sisters too and I think with Drew's family we're thinking they're a little bit more like the door's not open for those kind of questions so we just think um, hopefully we can love them ask questions and stuff and then same thing with neighbors hopefully we'll be there for a few years who knows how long but we've gotten to know them and ask how is your mom who was in the hospital or can I invite you to church and bring you so it's not always like I'm sharing we're sharing the gospel with them every single time we see them but we love them and look for opportunities to share the gospel and then I do have a job (laughs) but it's all virtual like most people are probably right now and so most of the time when we talk it's just virtual but sometimes they'll do these little like questions like 
icebreakers and so sometimes it's like what motivates you or what inspires you and I just share a verse from the Bible mm-hmm. or you know anytime they do something because I'm just trying to live my life as an open Christian who loves God I want them to know I don't really have an opportunity to share the gospel with them because we're all remote but I want them to know maybe that I'm a Christian I love God I trust Jesus and if there's any a door open that they can they'll know I'm a Christian that's good and then maybe they'll come back to you later and yeah, they'll ask hopefully. you because they'll know where to go <laughs> um, so I was thinking your question the way it was worded is is said could you give um, what does long long haul evangelism look like and I was thinking well it looks like a lot a whole lot of prayer just a whole lot of prayer mm-hmm. uh, faithfulness and I think you mentioned like staying the course yourself so that um, you know, even if you're f- facing opposition with someone, that they can see that this this is true. I'm staking my life on this, and I'm not going anywhere just because you don't believe it right yet. You know, that you, you would just be real steadfast yourself, I think, goes a long way with people. Yeah. Um, one huge category, you know, for me is just my children and just thinking about the term missional motherhood and really, you know, I have a 16-year-old. That's my oldest son. And um, so there's, for me, evangelism in my home has been primary for the last 16 years. And I feel a special conviction about my evangelism to my kids. I feel accountable to God uniquely and He's mercifully allowed these people to be raised in my home. So if I'm not faithful in my home with my own family, I can lack faith for extending that circle, you know, and adding more and more. Um, So anyway, I feel called um, by God to faithfulness there in evangelism above all other place in this season of my life. And um, just thoughts like wiping bottoms, feeding meals, caring caring for boo-boos and injuries, um, these are the foundations of trust for our children. And just faithfully doing that daily will win the heart of your child. They'll feel safe with you. They'll trust you because you're the one who's daily laying down your life to serve them. And that speaks um, so that when you tell them the truth about Jesus, they'll also be inclined to think that's true, too. Um, and, you know, of course, I love train up a, ch- a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it in Proverbs 22, 6. And so loving and training and disciplining my kids is a daily sharing of the gospel. We pray the gospel. We apply the gospel in our conflicts with each other. I remind them of the gospel after I spank them. We celebrate the gospel um, each night at dinner. We love worshiping God because of the gospel on Sunday mornings and at community group. And so these are just daily faithful evangelism in my home to the children that God has placed in my care in this season. Good. Um, So just any thoughts you have for people who just, you know, how you can overcome the fear, awkwardness, or just feeling inadequate, uh, any scriptures that have helped or just any quick thoughts? Well, I am inadequate. So I just go ahead and agree with that. (laughs) I am inadequate. And, um, one thing I guess that served me is just 
fighting fear with fear. So fighting my fears with the greater fear, fear of the Lord. So I've had many, many times where I've been sharing the gospel with someone and I've felt so weak and insecure. I mean, I've had like the cold sweats and jaw locking and anxiety feelings, my body, in my body, you know. But by the grace of God, I just felt so compelled still to share the truth with them despite me. So, um, and, and I'm so grateful. I mean, I'm so grateful that the Lord would allow those moments because you never regret, you will never regret sharing the gospel with someone. And, um, you might regret choosing not to because of how you feel and stuff and fear. But, um, I think specifically about my stepdad, you know, sharing the gospel with him was very hard for me. And, um, and he really uh, justified his sin and lifestyle and rejected the gospel when I shared it with him. And then um, five years later, he was coming to our home weeping like three times a week, letting us put our hands on him, pray for him, repeat the gospel on like a conveyor belt over and over and over again. And so um, I just think pressing through my own fears has been worth it. And then he passed away unexpectedly. And so, for example, when he died, even though it was so grievous, there was a sense of like, he heard the truth, you know, he grappled with it. We helped him grapple with it. I don't know if he came to know the Lord or not. I hope I get to see him in heaven and he believed. Um, but I, I just was so grateful that I didn't give in to my feelings of fear. That's good. Um, I think about verses like, um, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And, um, and he says it's his pleasure to give you the good kingdom. So nobody wants evangelism to succeed more than God. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not something you dreamed up. It's something that the Holy Spirit is giving you because he's, he's the one drawing people and thinking about those verses that say, that he doesn't desire for any to perish, but to all to come to the knowledge of Christ. And um, Luke 12, Holy Spirit will give teach you in that very hour what you ought to say and always be ready to give an answer of the hope that's within you. And Paul was always asking for prayer that he might, quote, speak boldly as he ought to. And you know what? We can pray that too. Nobody's, nobody's going to stop us from praying. And, and that's really the work is done in praying for people that God would till up the soil of their hearts so that the seed could be planted and it would grow. And um, also, when you're too busy thinking about yourself, that's where you get in a lot of trouble. But thinking about uh, John 15, about abiding in Christ, he says that if you abide in him, you'll bear much fruit. And that um, apart from him, we can do nothing. So that's a thing to remind ourselves of is that if we just are depending on ourselves, then it's we're not going to bear any fruit. But if we're abiding in him, reminding ourselves of the gospel, treasuring the gospel, and then seeking to share the gospel, he, he promises to bring fruit to mm -hmm. our lives. And another quick thing was just to multiply your joy in that even if you were just doing some small thing that seems real insignificant. I can remember a guy coming to the church, coming to a community group that we were just actually visiting. We weren't, we never even plugged into that community group, but we were visiting once and a guy, somebody brought a guy and we were talking to him after community group and he was sharing 
he, he was from a Muslim background and he was just sharing all these things about what he believed and he was saying that he was reading the Bible and all this stuff and so we just kind of talked with him for a while and he has since become you know a member of this church he's gotten saved and become a member of the church so that's not that we had anything to do with him getting saved but we now our joy is multiplied mm-hmm. because we're like the next Sunday we're like can you believe that guy joined the church he got <laughs> saved I mean we're looking at each other like that's the guy we talked to on Friday night mm-hmm. I mean it was maybe a couple of weeks later but you know what I'm saying it was just like we get a chance to be kind of part of that mm-hmm. story and there's really nothing there's no greater joy than to be part of that story so um well I do feel like a very inadequate and fearful in my mind I always want to share the gospel or I always want to have opportunities but when the time comes I start to get really scared (laughs) and I can make up excuses like oh they're too busy or I'm gonna turn around it's too hot outside or we can't walk to the neighbors they look busy or something and so I think that best thing for me has been that I don't do it by myself. So when I say, oh, they look too busy, the Drew will say, no, let's go talk to them anyway. <laughs> or when I'm like nervous about talking to somebody, the other person might be having more boldness than me. And so I think the best thing for evangelism is the church, the people that we're with, the community, that we don't have to do it alone. We can go with others or we can bring people to the church and they'll hear the gospel here so I just can't say enough about the church and how it's together that we get to go out into the world just like Jesus sent the disciples to build his church I think um, that's what helps me overcome fear and that is so good and so fun to be sitting here with Maria because when I think about like one of the people that's like primarily discipled me in this way was following you around on campus, you know, in VFC when I was a freshman and um, we all are like, yeah, I feel fearful and inadequate all the time. I would say before I even have to overcome fear and inadequacy though, I have to overcome selfishness, you know, yeah. just thinking that like, I want to spend my time how I want to spend my time or I want things to be easy. Okay, so what motivates me is thinking about heaven. Um, And there is such a sweet, vivid picture in Revelation. Really, it's 5 and 7, but um, I'm going to read from Revelation 7. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out from the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And then these three verses, I think, this is what the vision that filled my mind when I think God helped me overcome my selfishness, because this is true, and this is where we want our friends and neighbors and coworkers to be. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. 
for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will wipe and he will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So looking beyond today to the future hope of heaven, that helps me <laughs> in all of my inadequacies and in all my fears and in all of my selfishness. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, I am very encouraged and inspired, and I know everyone who listens will be. I I just feel like with everything that's going on in the world, with a pandemic, an election coming up, there's fires and uh, hurricanes and windstorms and division and just so much going on. I've heard so many people just talk about, I want to see revival. I want to see the Lord work. And um, I've prayed that the Lord would use this conversation to encourage us to be bold, to evangelize. And um, I think that will happen. And so thanks for the years of just being faithful to share the gospel. And I'm just so thankful for the work that God has done in your life and encourage that he's done that in my life and the listener's life, even the most inadequate feeling listener. Um, if you're a Christian, he's done that in your life, and um, he wants to use you to help create that vision that you just shared from Revelation. So thanks to everyone who listened, and thanks to you guys for sharing. <laughs>